You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Dan. The passage today speaks to how we get along with each other. It's kind of the theme of these last few weeks. Um, and, and at the end of it, it talks about us living in harmony with each other. And as I read that, I'm like, oh, harmony, what's thinking about that? And obviously, the obvious choice is to think about music. And you got the wrong guy to talk about that. Okay, that ain't going to happen. I, you know, when the ladies up here sing and they go into harmony, I can kind of tell what they're, I have no idea how they do it. We all can tell when it's not working, right? I, you can tell that, but I don't know how it works. So I can't speak to that one, but that's an obvious choice. So I was trying to think about harmony, working together and stuff like that. And it occurred to me, they're not here today, but Dennis Bubb, he, he marches in a, in a revolutionary fife and drum corps and they got to march together. Started, so I started thinking about marching bands. They got to work together. And that's what I want to talk about today is how we can work together to serve the Lord. And that, that's what this passage is about. So let me read to you from uh, God's word here in uh, Romans 15 to talk about how God wants us to live and behave so that we can work together for him. In uh, Romans 15, it's going to read uh, verse chapter, or verses 1 through 7. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So as we look into this, you know, as, as you prepare a sermon, you have to think about what's the point, what's going on here, and then figure out how to, to share that with you guys. It occurred to me that I wanted to start at the end of the passage here because without the end, there is no point. Okay? The purpose of all of this is to live for the glory of God. Right? That, that's the purpose of this whole thing that we're doing here. As Steve referenced earlier, we're trying to, to grow together so we can serve him, love him, and give him glory. That's the point. If we don't start with that as our premise, as our foundation, all we got is a bunch of self-help stuff. And it doesn't really help yourself, honestly, when you do that. Um, I, I want, I, and I feel pretty good about the way we approach things here, that we, we try to, to make Christ the center of everything and, and everything flows from what the scripture says about how we live. Uh, you can share with me you know, individually if you think that's not the case, but that's what we try to do. I just I want to be cautious for all of us that as we hear things uh, taught to us, whether it be watching a TV or streaming thing or maybe listening to the radio or reading books, any, any place where we encounter teaching that's supposed to be from, from a Christian perspective, that, that we need to have that idea in the middle of it. That's the whole thing, for the glory of God. Anything else that happens, in fact, if, uh, if you can put up the next slide there, the verse, I want, I want to highlight this, right? The end of this thing, the end of this passage says, together we may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that we do all that for the glory of God. Anything beyond that, trying to help yourself, doesn't work. And if you read or watch or listen to folks that are only talking about how to make yourself a better person, it doesn't work. It might put a Band-Aid on some things. It might soothe some pains along the way, maybe. They'll come back, though. But at the end of the day, if we're not investing in our lives for God's glory, we have nothing, guys. So I want to start off with that, that if we don't have that as where we're standing on, we're in sinking sand, and, and that's no good. Okay. So as, as we go along here, 
Everything I'm going to say today has that as a starting point. I don't want to keep saying it over and over again, but it is the case. We're not trying to make ourselves look or feel better, uh, trying to make uh, the world a better place. It'd be good to do that. And in fact, if we live for Christ, that is what makes the world a better place. Imagine a utopian idea of everybody living like Jesus wants us to, and we got no problems left, right? Guess where that is? It's called heaven. <laughs> it ain't going to happen here. Okay, so that, that is something I want you to, to keep in mind as we go through here, that none of what I'm trying to say to you today is intended to just, if you do this, you'll be better off. If you do it, you will be better off, but that's not the point. The point is to worship and honor the Lord and to give him glory. Okay, so as we start from that, that, that puts a different perspective on things. Um, so now that that's out of the way, I want to get that down there. What is Paul exhorting us to do? What is he trying to encourage us to, to do? Um, and to push us toward, okay, what, what directions is he giving? Um, the first thing that he's sharing with us is, for me, it's nothing new. It's what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. It's putting others first, right? That's, that's kind of been the theme for the last probably three or four messages because that's what Paul's talking about in this, this passage of Romans. Remember, Romans is intended to be one long letter all read at the same time. When we break it up like we do, because we can't sit here for four days in a row just talking about it, right? We break it up into pieces that we can absorb. We tend to artificially divide that, and it's not. This is the same idea. He hasn't stopped talking along the way, right? You know, he, he hasn't paused for a breath. He's kind of just letting us have it all along. So um, in that, it might have, it, and, and this happened earlier to us in, in early part of the book, too, when he was telling us how bad we were. You know, you feel like you get the same message over and over again. It's, it's not... In, on our part, intend to be that way. It's just the way the book was written. But I, I got to look back at it. I, as many of you know, I'm a teacher, and I'm a very used to repeating myself. I'm a parent. I'm very used to repeating myself. Okay, I don't like it a bit, but I'm, I'm used to it. Okay, and so we teachers and people who are trying to tell you stuff, they got to repeat themselves because we're kind of thick sometimes, and we don't get it the first three or four times. So you're going to hear things over and over again. It's okay. Right? It, it's not wrong. It's just a fact of life. We, we're, we have to do that. So as we look at this idea of you know, putting others in front of ourselves and stuff like that, I want to take maybe a little different look than we have the last couple of, couple of weeks about it, just to, to freshen it up, maybe make it hit you a little differently. Might absorb it better. Who knows? That's the one thing as a teacher I do is I say it a different way, and then maybe it, it, it hits home. Okay? So the first reason Paul gives for um, putting others first is the same first reason I gave you a minute ago. is for the glory of God, right? Why, why do we look at the way we treat each other, putting each other first, and that kind of stuff. Why do we look at that as giving, God's, giving God glory? That, that's, how does that work, right? You know, is, it, is, it, um, is there some magical formula that when I do this, this happens? And I don't think it is, right? In, in many cases in Scripture, we have a very clear, if this happens, then that happens kind of result. This one, it isn't so much. I, I looked a bit and couldn't find anything that was clearly that because of this, this is why God gets glory. It, it, but what I do have for you is a few Scriptures that help us to see that it's true, and maybe they get a feel for why. Okay, so I'm just going to share a few scriptures that speak to the fact that when we put others first and live together well and get along, uh, it, it glorifies God. The first one is in Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Okay, <laughs> right? he said it. There you go. He's, he's, it's good and pleasant. It is like the precious oil on the head, like precious oil on the head, running down the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, the blessing, life forevermore. So I'm not so sure about that whole oil thing. That, I'm not quite sure where he's going with that. 
I'm told that some men oil their beards. I'm not in that world, but I guess it might happen. Uh, so I try, maybe it's like a spa treatment, you know, some some form of treating yourself well and feeling good physically, right? That kind of thing, taking a shower after you're dirty. I don't know. Whatever whatever that lands for you, that's kind of what's going on here. <sighs> Doesn't it feel good when we're getting along with each other, right? That's the idea. It's it's a relief. It's a pleasure. It's a good thing. And in fact, I see at the end of that, it's a blessing. And that blessing is life forevermore, right? That That's you know, we see God very much affirming the fact that he likes it when we get along with each other. Okay, so it's not a, because this happens, it's true, but it is true, right? We can see that. Um, as a counterexample, what happens when we don't get along? Okay, if you, you look in Genesis, um, Genesis chapter 6, those of you who are familiar, that's the flood chapter, right? Um, I'm going to read not the, not the verses you might be expecting, actually. It's verses 11 through 13. Genesis 6, 11-13 says, The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh, had, all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So we know the flood story, right? God had enough of those people, and he's taking care of it. So the initial part of that, it just says, um, first part of Genesis Chapter 6, it says, um, the world was filled with wickedness, man's wickedness, God saw it. And it was just like a general wickedness, all the stuff we do bad, right? So he's, he's taking care of that. But as, as I read this long ago, when I first started thinking about how, uh, you know, honestly, when I first became a Christian and started reading these things for real, and thinking about that it really happened, it's not just some story, I was reading this, and it caught my eye. And my friends and I, we, we all said, hey, wait a minute, what's that? And that's like, Wow. He's not just mad about general wickedness. He doesn't like it that we were hurting each other. And that particularly stood out enough for him to say it. Out of all the wickedness that was going on, he was upset about us hurting each other. He doesn't like it when we fight. In fact, he doesn't like it so much, he wiped it out, right? So I'm taking that one pretty seriously as a, this is why it's bad to fight, right? We, we can look at... Isn't it pleasant when we live together? It's like a spa treatment, life evermore, great, good, right? That's all good. But when we don't, he gets a little upset. And God's little upset is not to be trifled with, okay? So, you know, I look at that, and it, it lets me know that, that, that he takes this very seriously, this mistreatment of each other. And when we read about the violence, okay, so we're not beating each other up. But we have to remember, as Jesus clarified for us in the Sermon on the Mount, that violence starts in our hearts. It starts when we call our brother fools and hate them, right? So just a word to the wise. The, this, we're not exempt from this discussion here. We are in that same boat because our hearts are that way, okay? I, as I mentioned, reference being a parent before, anyone who's a parent of more than one child and they are relatively close in age has experienced some squabbling, right? Even if they're far apart, they might squabble, but it's a different kind of squabble, right? But you know how it goes. They, they get after each other. And again, you repeat yourself, you encourage and all, you, you separate it. But for me, when it gets real and they're trying to hurt each other, either with words or with actions, it really gets under my skin. And I get it where God's coming from. Okay, so if you've experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. You might have been in that. You might have been the kid in that and wonder why mom and dad got so mad. Because we love you and we're trying to keep you from hurting each other because it bugs us like it bugs God when we hurt each other. All right, so... We want to be aware of these things as we're thinking about how we know it gives God glory. He's giving us evidence, right? He's giving us evidence. Finally, from John 13, 
another place where he gives us some evidence of how he thinks about how we treat each other. John uh, 13, uh, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Okay? Very, we're all, anyone who's read the Bible has thought about this idea, right? This is a very common Christian thought. But I want to, you know, put some hooks in this for you. We know from 2 Corinthians that we're Christ's ambassadors, right? We're supposed to represent him. And he's telling us here the best way that we can represent him to people to know that we're his is if we love one another, right? Again, it's not a if this, then that. He's telling us when you do these things, this is what happens. And I'm pretty sure God wants us to live forevermore. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to destroy the earth again. He told us that with the rainbow, which we ought to take back from certain groups, right? He told us that. And then here he's saying, if you're going to represent me, this is how they're going to know that you're loving each other. I, I don't need to know. In fact, we ought, to, we ought to step back from that. We shouldn't always need to know all of the cause and effect results of what God's doing. We can trust him at his word. These, these things make it pretty clear to me that I need to love my brother it, for all kinds of reasons. So I'm, I want to just do that. Even if I don't understand why it makes God get glory, I know that it does. Okay, so I, I just, it, it's a thing. Sometimes we get ourselves in a place where we need too many reasons and we're, we're actually trying to make, put ourselves in God's place. Say, well, if you explain it to me, then I'll do it. Right? That, that's kind of what happens to us if we get that far. That's not obedience. That's not loving him. That's trying to be in charge. Okay, so I'm, I'm encouraging you here at this point to just take his word for it. He wants you to get along with each other, right? And, and do that. So, so that's the first part is it gives him glory when we do it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, then, what Paul says to us in verse 2 is one of the purposes of putting each other first is to build each other up for our good, right? And then that's an important piece of that. If you, if you see that in verse 2, uh, please, please the neighbor for his good, right, to build him up. For his good is an important thing there. This is not a limitless just make the other guy happy, right? The, the person who's getting the um, benefit of this should not say, well, you got to please me. Everything goes, right? That's not the point. We all know that, but we got to be reminded sometimes. Um, what we need to, as people who are trying to put others first and help them out and, and be a blessing to them, is to realize there's a purpose to it, and that's to build them up for their good. Um, it, it is not something that we should be just doing whatever they want. An easy example of this, if you're not getting where I'm going with this, is it is not loving for anybody to feed an addict's addiction, right? It is not. People with addictions will often pull the, well, if you love me, you would kind of game, right? And be honest with it, we've all done that, whether we're addicts or not. We've all played that game, right? If, you know, trying to guilt people into doing things that we want them to do. So, and it's very common, very common, common manipulative behavior that, that we shouldn't be part of. Um, but Paul's directive here is to put each other first in a way that builds them up, and that building up is for their good, and that good has got to be for God, right? That's what he's talking about here. Um, and this is hard, guys. We, we should be very cautious in deciding what's for other people's good, right? We, we tend to uh, you know, think we know better than they do lots of times, and, and it's real. It's a real thing that we can do, right? It's definitely real that we can figure out what's for best for people, even when they don't. Um, but it is not easy. It requires judgment. It requires discretion. And, and like many things in the scriptures, this is not a roadmap of a checklist of how to do things. It's a principle that you need to apply by using your brain. And that can be a challenge, right? It's hard. It's hard work. It's hard work to think. We form habits because we don't want to think about what we're doing. 
Right? That, that's how that works. And it's much easier to live that way. I am totally a creature of habit. My keys go in the same place all the time, and when they're moved, there's some trouble in the Holbert household. Um, you know, stuff like that. When stuff that I rely, especially as a teacher, I go to work really early, I gotta not think about stuff, I just gotta go. And if the stuff I left isn't there, and I can't think that well that early in the morning. So, you know, we all get that way. But living in a loving fashion for people, for God, with other people, requires you to think and to process and to engage. And that's hard work. So this isn't a throw-off. Just please the other person, you gotta do it. Well, you do, but you gotta do it right. And doing it right means thinking about it. Considering them, what they need. You might think they need something they don't. That becomes a conflict, right? You might think they need to stop doing something that they want to do, as I referenced. So that's a conflict. All of that stuff um, requires us to, to work, and that's what we all want to avoid most of the time. Our relationships in those fashions, they require work, and it requires you to you know, be humble and to think about it and to think about what God wants for them and to pray. Right? All of those things work into that. So this isn't a, oh, by the way, just please people. It's please people for their benefit, for the glory of God, by the way, you've got to think about that, right? And, and, and make that fit that situation because what might be right in one situation may not be right in another. So just throwing that out there for you. I don't have any answers on how to do it in your life. I barely, if any, have answers in my own life with that, right? So you have to consider that. But it, we're called to do it. That, that's, that's the bottom line. We're called to do that is to consider other people's needs ahead of our own. And a third reason Paul gives here in this passage is in verse 3 says, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Again, it's a familiar idea about how we live, right? I'm going, with the, I'm going back to teacher mode. I'm just going to repeat myself because it bears hearing. And honestly, every week we never know who's here for the first time, right? Or who's really starting to think about this for the first time. You know, you've seen some of my kids up here being baptized when they're much older and we baptized them when they were little because we thought they knew and they didn't, right? And you, you might be sitting here for months and months or years and years and never really thought about this. So I'm going to say it again, okay? Jesus, what it's saying here is the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Jesus, who knew no sin, took our sin on him, paid the penalty for that by dying, shed his blood for us, and through that redeemed us from our sin and made us right with God. We can have a relationship with him. We can know him. As Steve referenced earlier, we can now grow, Right? Jesus did that, okay? So that's what Paul's calling on us. If Jesus did that, who knew no sin, consider that for a second. You know, we, we referenced earlier heaven, right, how good it's going to be. And he left that, and he came here for us, okay? He put other people ahead of himself for sure, no doubt about it. And how is it that knowing that, we can't treat other people decently? Not even decently. We're supposed to go above and beyond, but, man, we struggle with decently once in a while. A lot, okay? You, know, you, you think about the, the parable of the ungrateful servant. And again, I'll just summarize for you. It's a story Jesus told. There was a servant who owed a king what it was the equivalent of millions of dollars. Couldn't pay it. You know, in those days, that was like either execution or debtor's prison. He was lost cause. He was done, okay? King forgave him, was just gracious and forgave him of that debt. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So happy, you know, walked away, walked out of the room found one of his buddies who owed him the equivalent of like five bucks, and hey, where's my money? And was going to put him in debtor's prison. The other servants found out, didn't think that was cool, and you know, sent him to the, back to the king, and that worked out poorly for that guy, right? That, that, that thing. It's a, it's a familiar parable for those of you who've, who've read the scriptures. 
It's an easy story to understand if you haven't, right? It was just a, a ridiculous thing. How do we lose our minds like that, right? We do that to people all the time. We won't forgive them. We hold them to account for things that we've been forgiven of, stuff like that. You know, you think about it. A typical person dealing in a typical situation would not behave like that. But you know what? Sometimes our brains just go Bleh! and say, I'm not normal and nobody's home. I'm going to do what I want, right? And we go off and do stupid stuff, right? So be aware that when we do that, we're looking right at Jesus and spitting in his face. That's, that's, the, that's what's going on there. He forgave us, gave us the, the I don't even know how to say it, the, he just so freely left all the pleasures of, of his life as an eternal God in heaven, came here, suffered all the stuff he did, not even the end stuff. He lived like we have to live. I know for me, one of the glories of heaven is I'm not going to have to live like I have to live now. Pains, irritations, tears, you know, sadness, all that stuff. I'm not going to have to live like that. He left that to come here and lived 30-some-odd years like that, just a normal guy, and then went through what he went through. Right? He did that for us so that we could be with him and therefore be like him. And when we turn around and knowingly turn our back on that, that's a slap in the face. And Paul's saying, don't do that. Look at it. He, look at that example. I read Philippians 2 also. All, all that he did, he just put himself, he put all of that away so we could be with him. Live like that. Put that stuff away so you can help your brother live with him. Right? That's the idea. So even though we've heard all that before, you know, that, that's, that's a, a thought here. Just like Paul, he's just, I want to exhort you to, to live like he wants you to live. Live in peace with your brothers and, and, you know, put them first. Give them what they need to be like Jesus, right? And by the way, if you're doing that for this guy and someone's doing that for you and I'm doing that for the other guy, that's a nice little perpetual motion machine. I talked about that earlier this summer, right? That just feeds itself. We're all taking care of each other. It, it lessens the burden on all of us, actually. It, it makes us all work together. And that's kind of the idea of this whole thing, right? We all work together. So what else is there in this passage that helps us understand how we can live together with Jesus? And one more thought here I have for us, and that is that God is rooting for us. He is on our side. He is not up there in heaven looking to get us, right, the thing that people say. He is so on our side, guys. Sent his son to help us, right? That's one thing. But if we read the end of this section here, verse 4 through 7, just re read this again for you. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. God wants us to succeed. He's putting us in a position with helps to succeed, right? He gave us the scriptures to instruct us. That's what it says here. Whatever was written in the former days, as he's referring to the scriptures, was written for our instruction. He wants us to know how to live for him. He doesn't want to leave us blind. We're not wandering around in the desert anymore, right? We have some pretty clear instructions on some simple things on how to live. Simple to talk about, hard to do, right? Hard to do because... Our minds are nuts. We do silly stuff, right? But the, the things we're supposed to do are not hidden in the dark. The scriptures are there for us to see. In other places, he refers to the same thing, that the, the things are written down. In Hebrews, he talks about it, the things that are written down for us to know how to live. It, he, he gave us that. And he gave it so that we might have endurance and encouragement. 
those two words, you know, they, he, they said twice here, so we ought to at least take a second to think about it. Endurance means that we're able to keep going, that we don't give up, right? That, that we don't wilt and, and falter under pressure. All kinds of ways to say it. Uh, steadfastness, long-suffering. There's other translations in other places in the scripture that says these things. To continue striving when it's just too hard. And it feels like it, right? It feels like it's too hard. To not give up and to keep going for him. That's, that's the reason that we have the helps that we have. Because he knows us. We are but dust. He knows that. But he can help us get through it, right? And encouragement. Encouragement is literally to put courage in. Encouragement. That's, that's the term. To give you courage. When the flesh is weak, the spirit will be willing. That's the idea. The Holy Spirit is another piece of this puzzle to encourage us. To give us courage when we want to quit, when, we want it, when we're afraid, when we don't think we can do it. Stand up and keep going, right? They, they, they work together. Those ideas are the same. And, and that's all from God, guys. That's not us. Well, you know, we're not just <clears throat> toughing it out. No, it's, the only way you can do that is for God to put that in you and to, to grow you up and to pull you up and to keep you going. As people, we will quit, generally. That, that is, we're, we're not capable of it. You know, there, there's, you know we have... Wonderful stories of people that never gave up in a crazy situation, cut their own arms off when they're in the mountains and stuff, and just, you know, extreme of things. But in general, we can only stand so much. You know, you, you, this is kind of a weird subject, but when people get tortured, everybody's going to break. Everybody's going to give up what they know at some point. Nobody can stand through that. The, the Army knows that. The, the CIA knows Everybody knows that. They train their people to withstand it for a bit, but they know you're going to break. Right? We all have a breaking point. God does not. And he is there for you. He wants, he's on our side. He wants you to keep going through this. By the way, this life isn't really that much torture. It feels like it sometimes, but we're, we're not, we don't have to give up. He's there for us. And guys, as we referenced last week too, he gave us each other, right? That's the point of this passage, is that we're there to help each other to get through this stuff. You know, the, that's where the harmony part comes in. When we work together, we're definitely stronger. You can see it in music, the marching band thing, whatever. I think of sports teams. When sports teams work together, it, it, they can win, right? When they're all doing their own thing, it doesn't work out so well most times. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm so glad the Pierces aren't here, although I hear they're watching. I hope, I hope, they, I hope their internet breaks right now, okay? <laughs> Tom Brady is one of the ultimate team players in the history of the NFL. I can't believe I'm saying this. He is not a man to follow. Right? I'm not admiring him, but boy, that guy could have got paid year after year after year, and he kept restructuring his contract so he could take a lower salary so the guys around him could get paid, and they could have some good teams. He was a team player. He put other people ahead of him. Now, he wanted to win. It was about him, ultimately, but man, he knew it took a team to win, right? And that one year that they had 18-0, and 0, they had, he, I think he set the record for touchdowns. Randy Moss set the record for receiving. It was just crazy, Right? But, oh, the Pierces can watch now. Remember David Tyree? <laughs> they didn't win, right? It's okay. That's good. But seriously, that kind of thing, it, the, the, the fact that he was willing to do that, and that guy's an alpha male, right? You can't be successful in sports if you're not an alpha at, at a pro level. And he gave back what he could take for his own so his team could win. And that, that's kind of a, that, that struck me too as I was thinking about this. It's an example of someone putting other people ahead of themselves for everybody's own good so they could win, right? Sean referenced last week running as a pack, and I, I echoed that. When we run together, we run strong, 
And that, that's what this whole passage is about, is we need to run together, guys. doesn't mean we're all going to have the same exact ideas and thoughts all the time, but harmony isn't the same sounds. I know enough to know that, right? It's two different sounds working together to make a better sound. And, that, and that's the idea, is that when we work together with all of our ideas moving the same direction, that makes us strong, right? And why? Why are we doing all this? Again, for the glory of God, right? Not to make us better, not to win Super Bowl championships or to lose them at the last minute, um, but to really give him all the glory we can because he deserves it, right? Last piece of this, right at the end of this, it was interesting as I was reading the, the stuff I was reading to prepare for this. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Think about that for a second. How did Jesus take you in? <laughs> as a messed up person, right? Most of us are still kind of messed up, some of us more than others. I'm not looking at anybody in particular right now while I really want to. Um, you know, we're, we're just, we're messed up still, right? We need to look at each other as Christ looked at us. He, he was gracious in our sin. While we were yet sinners, he died for us, right? That's what the scripture says. And so we ought to treat each other the same way. We don't need to wait for people to be perfect to welcome them in. Another, another translation to this is accept each other. You know, to, to, to say, okay, you're one of us. You're, you're, you're part of the family. You're a child of God, and you're, you're running together with us, even when we're not perfect, right? And that's challenging sometimes, um, but that, that Christ called us to. But in that, too, remember, Christ doesn't leave us that way. He doesn't leave us in our sin. He told the lady who was about to get stoned to go and sin no more, right? And that's the intention, is, is we grow to be more like him. We say it every week. Hopefully somewhere in here you hear that, that you need to be more like him from where you are right now. You know, and you're not going to be perfect. We know that. But you have to take that next step. That's the most important step in any journey is the next one from wherever you are. Okay? And so as we think about how we work together with that and, and encourage one another and welcome each other, be gracious as Jesus is gracious. In fact, that's in Hebrew is why it says, don't forsake the assembling of each other with, together with each other. And the follow-up to that is because that's how we spur each other on to good works. Right? Being together with each other encourages us and pushes us. You know, I just mentioned earlier, we don't want to work. We want to sit. We want to just be at status quo and it's good. And none of us are at that point yet. Not a single person on this earth. Jesus was the only one that ever could say, yeah, I'm good. Everyone else needs to keep taking that next step. Right? So I want to encourage you to that. So the, the theme here, in general, is putting others first in our lives. Right? Everybody comes before us for a purpose. To run as a pack. To run together in harmony together to give God the glory. And that's what we're calling you today. Okay, the, the pretty simple message. You know, a lot of this stuff, people look at the Bible and say, I can't understand it. And there's some you can't. Some pieces certainly are hard, but some of these are pretty easy. Pretty easy to see why God wants us to do what we're doing. Even if we don't need to know why, we can see it sometimes. Okay, so I just want to encourage you in that. Each, each time we come up here, we want you to have a chance to think about where you stand with Jesus, whether you need to Surrender to him for the first time, whether you've done that, you need to take a step further. Maybe you need to think about baptism, joining the church, giving. I don't know what it is, wherever you're at. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you need to make up an argument you had. Maybe you need to stop with uh, addictive behavior. I don't know. Wherever you're at, we want you to respond to that. So that, that's the call here. We live together in harmony, encouraging one another, pushing forward for God's glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are on our side. We thank you that you have um, 
just a message of hope for us that we aren't doomed to failure, but that you can, uh, through your power, through your spirit, through your people, make us better. And that betterness is for you. And I'm so happy to say that we love you, Lord, and we want to serve you for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at River of Life Church or find us online on Facebook, YouTube, or at riveralbany.com.